Hi there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Shea. And I'm Ben Pelletier. In our studio today, a treat for Chopin lovers, as Bulgarian pianist and conductor Ivan Yanakov is here to play the Nocturne in C-sharp minor. And perhaps a suitable complement to that Chopin romanticism, in visual arts we have misty, expansive landscapes made miniature in the paintings of English artist Jill Roca. But first, photography. Like Jill Roca's paintings, it is above all about the capturing of light. And it also, of course, freezes moments in time. Actor and film director Ho Fan began his career as a photographer, capturing the lights and the reality of Hong Kong in the 1950s and 60s, a time when the harbor was much larger and the buildings much smaller. Today, now 83, Ho Fan lives in the United States. Last week, he made a rare return visit to Hong Kong. It's not something you'd be likely to see in today's Hong Kong, a schoolgirl doing her homework on a wooden balcony in an alley. But in the 1950s and 60s, when Ho Fan was capturing these fleeting moments, such scenes were part of daily life. Over the past couple of years, he has been repackaging his old photos. His solo exhibition, A Hong Kong Memoir, is on show at the AO Vertical Art Space until January the 31st. Ho Fan, now in his 80s, is not the type to sit still. Montage，呢个亦都系我做电影导演嘅少少嘅积累嘅心得摆埋落去。我就同一位比较上好专门，现代科技嘅朋友，咁佢毕业咗，就将我嘅构想同埋要求现现化咗佢，令我效果更加突
所以我就黑白摄影嘅始终如一。摄影始终系术里边，黑白嘅系术里边咧系顶尖嘅，最有地位嘅。In his film work, Ho Fan started as an actor for Shaw Studios before moving into directing. He directed a total of 27 films in his 35-year film career. Most were commercially oriented, some were erotic films. At 75, he decided to retire and return to his favorite occupation, photography, and revealing the stories of Hong Kong in the mid-20th century. My At Gallery Paratam, you can see works by two very different artists. Makato Aida's work consists of both manga-inspired sculpture and a video piece on globalism. And we go from the global to the personal with the first solo exhibition in Hong Kong of conceptual artist Sophie Kao. Her more intimate work is focused on examinations of people's relationships with money, with the idea of suicide, with other people, and even with the sea. Nano, ma, zinrui to ka, kokusai se to ka, so yu mono ga daizai de maru si, ma, gaiko kara mita toki no Nihon to ka, so yu tema. Japanese artist Makoto Aida creates works that challenge our preconceived moral and social norms and critique current controversies. His subject matter is often in strong contrast to his use of the traditional ukiyo-e painting style. In his work, he combines elements of eroticism, grotesque humor, and provocation. This sculpture is called Comet Chan. In his 26-minute video work, the video of a man calling himself Japan's Prime Minister making a speech at an international assembly Surely it must be time to stop calling someone Oriental Aida himself poses as a conservative Prime Minister 
He reads his speech out verbatim with poor English and gradually becomes angry with himself. あ、インテンドゥスピークアバウトアサブジェクトオブグレイトインポータンス。うん、難しい問題に対しては、こう僕僕自身がとてもこう混乱していて、え、そして僕はその混乱したまま自分の混乱した考えのまま作品にこうも
To the town south lie the expanses of the West Pennine Moors, and it's this rural environment with which Jill has a strong sense of connection. The paintings in her exhibition Somewhere Here are dreamlike and timeless, encouraging you to slow down and listen to yourself. Somewhere here because the paintings aren't um, of anywhere specific, and people always ask me where, where the scenes are, um, and they're imaginary, so they're not anywhere that you could actually visit. Um, they're completely invented, um, but I want them to look like they're a real place. So somewhere here has a kind of vagueness about it that seems to fit with the imagery in the work. So the mist in the painting um, is about achieving that moment before um, disappearing into empty space. Just wanting to achieve an atmosphere, um, maybe a slightly kind of mysterious atmosphere where you're not quite sure. I'm always interested in dusk, those times of day when the light's changing and not everything can be seen. I want people to kind of be unsure of what's out there in the distance. Um, I don't want to, to pin everything down too much. I want there to be room for the imagination, room for, for people to make up what might be out there. Um, so yeah, that's why there's a haziness. With the miniatures, well, I always try to achieve um, an intimacy in the work, and that's easier to do with a very small painting than often it is to do with a large painting, partly because with a small painting you're drawn towards it, just to kind of see it more carefully. And so you start to inhabit that space. Um, and I like that about the miniatures, that people are really drawn to look at them. Well, they're very solitary paintings. Um, there's never anyone in my paintings. Um, and so I want the viewer to imagine that they're on their own in this, um, in this environment. And whatever they then bring to it is part of the story of the painting. They are quite lonely landscapes, but I also think that there's maybe a softness to them. You don't need to just, because you're on your own, it doesn't mean that you're lonely. So sometimes being on your own in a beautiful landscape can be quite nice. It can make you reflective, and that's what I want the paintings to, to do. I think certainly when you live in a city, it's incredibly difficult to maintain that connection to nature and I think people have lost touch with that and um, with the idea of wilderness and being completely alone I mean it's very difficult to get that feeling in a city um, of, of just being kind of wandering on your own in in nature um, but I think it's an important thing so yeah I hope the, the paintings entice people <laughs> Pianist and conductor Ivan Yanakov was born into a family of musicians in Sofia, Bulgaria, but has since lived in New York, Paris and London and performed extensively as a soloist with orchestras in Europe and Asia. Today, he's in our studio with Ben Pelletier. Ivan Yanakov, welcome to the Work Studios. 
Thank you. And uh, your musical life really ha reads like um, almost like an, an atlas of world travel uh, to me. Uh, you started off in Bulgaria in a musical family. What was that like? Uh, it was like a mini conservatory at home. Uh, my mom was teaching piano. My dad was singing. I was practicing, and it was quite quite loud. All of this time, mainly mainly as a pianist, or were you developing the conducting as well? I well, this is the story. Basically, I started uh, studying piano because I wanted to be a conductor, and I was about 14 when I was accused being a pianist. And I said, okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll serve the uh, you know the verdict, and that's how we started. And I was inspired by all the great masters and um, just took it from there and when I was about 23 I remembered my initial dream and when I was still in college in New York I attended some conducting classes. Being in London inspired me to pick up on the conducting business again and I had a very sudden um, debut, so to say. It was with the Czech National Symphony Orchestra. And so what are you doing in, in Asia and in Hong Kong in particular more recently? More recently, I've been doing a couple of projects in Hong Kong, uh, both personal and an artistic projects. And that involves lots of teaching here and in mainland China. I've been coming to Asia for the last eight years, mm -hmm. mostly in Japan and in Korea. I used to have a tour agent in Japan, so I've been in every small and big city of that country quite a few times. And during one of my trips to Japan, I decided to visit Hong Kong and I fell in love with this city. I found, I found it very cosmopolitan, very accommodating, and in many ways much more welcoming than the rest of the Asian cities. Hmm. And what would you like to do for us here in the studio tonight? Tonight I'll play for you a Nocturne by Chopin in C-sharp minor. Marvelous. Pleasure. 